here at Hershey's High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted once again by the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, Rex Berlong, Dane Filling, and Dane tonight. The special was uh, pulled pork sandwich and fries or tots, and I went pulled pork, and it was excellent as always. Nice little crisp. Tots were exceptionally good tonight, and a uh, big slice of dill pickle with it. Oh, I went with the cheese curds tonight. Can't go wrong, and we are running out of shows, sadly, here at the Double Eagle. we got, I think, three more left. Of course, we've got one down at the state finals. We're still working out the details on that, but uh, we'll be back here after each week of the state tournament like we always do. And you are so predictable with your cheese curds. I am. You have to go outside your shell. You know, I, tonight I need the, to. Tonight, the judge went with the pulled pork nachos. Got lettuce, tomato, yeah, little house sauce there. Little house sauce. He's got a shirt on. Yeah, you're, it's exciting stuff. You're answering the house tonight. Your wife's here. Yep, it's a family affair. Getting their uh, their sandwiches. Date rankings in the house. Giving the peace sign. So hey, Rex, we are through the first week of the state tournament, 2023. It was uh, another exciting one. I've got a, a nugget to throw out there at you. This is the second time it's happened, but for the for the second time in history. So going all the way back to the very beginning of the Adam Central wrestling program, for the second time in history, a team has defeated Adam Central and Belmont at a wrestling sectional. Hmm. And so I, you know, I I made sure I made a point to go to Eric, who was our guest last week, and shake his hand and tell him congratulations. I told him the same thing after the ACAC. I said, don't ever fail to appreciate winning a tournament because you think you're going to win conference every year for the next 10 years, and all of a sudden something happens and it doesn't happen. I told them, make sure that you appreciate each one as they come and, and don't, don't fall into the trap of looking forward to next week without realizing, hey, we, we won today. I was, I was the last one in the media corner up there as I was breaking down. I, got down, I did get down in time to uh, congratulate him and told him how well I thought his guys wrestled. And he has such a solid team. I, I think he's so solid up to – you know, up to 82 is is pretty solid for those guys. And um, just you're looking for a bad spot in their lineup, and down low they don't have one. Yeah, especially in a tournament format where they're certainly taking a lead in every round, it feels like, because they're so they're so strong down in the, in the lower weights. <laughs> I told AJ, something's wrong with this score. They had 86 points, and after that one round it jumped to 177. I was like, what happened? He said, well, they got all their advancement points and their placement points. They, they jumped 100 points in, in one flick of, a, flick of the switch. Yeah, and my story for the Democrat today, I, I talked about how Belmont was down, I think, 12 points after the first round. And by the time they got to 120 and Will Franzi got pinned, the, the lead was up to 60 or 70 points because they just piled it on. And they said so many falls, so... We did want to take a chance to give a shout-out to all of the sectional winners and sort of highlight things and talk about it. I know I talked to Coach Myers yesterday, and uh, he said he was so busy with his kids and with teardown from hosting the sectional, he didn't even have a chance to look across the state at everything else that had happened. But uh, Crown Point yesterday lost three bouts. Well, sorry, not yesterday. It was Saturday. We're, <laughs> we're Monday now. They had 11 champs. They put 14 in the finals, and they lost three bouts all day. They scored 337 points to win. Impressive. Awfully impressive. Shout-outs to Merrillville, West Lafayette, Harrison, New Prairie, a team that you saw at 2A Team State. They won a sectional title yesterday. Penn beat Mishawaka 308-303. We were having a, a lively discussion here about some, uh, 
some excitement during the 170 match with the uh, young man from Mishawaka, something that we saw at, uh, at the Al Smith. You, you, you missed all of that excitement. Yep. That, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Portage won, and so did Rensselaer Central. So another team that Belmont defeated at 2A Team State. In the Fort Wayne semi-state, it was Garrett, I think, for the fourth year in a row. Delta, Elkhart, of course, Jay County. Homestead won for the second time in a row. Western held off Oak Hill. Rochester, of course, won. And then there were sectional titles for Wawasee and for DeKalb. So we'll give a shout-out to Tanner Bowman, a big fan of this show, uh, winning a sectional title, always an important thing. Down in Newcastle in their semi-state, it was Newcastle who beat Centerville by five points. Sectional titles for Zionsville, Hamilton Heights, our good friend Ed Pendoski over at Carmel, Cathedral, East Central, Perry eked one out against Ron Colley. I think they won by four and a half points, and Warren Central with another title. Down so, in Evansville, Brownsburg won, of course. Terre Haute South beat Bloomington South. We talked a little bit uh, earlier on Saturday. I did with a couple people about Belmont not winning and if Bloomington South would make one up on them because Bloomington South's third in the all-time sectional standings. Uh, they did not. They lost to Terre Haute South. Heritage Hills wins, and Modern Day goes one more ahead of, of Belmont with their sectional title. And the last four winners, Jeffersonville, Columbus East, Center Grove, and Tell City. So, Dane, it's, uh, it's nice to have a show this week where we don't have to have a memoriam and talk about somebody in our city that has passed away. We had a bad run there for a couple of weeks, so uh, hopefully we're on an uptick and uh, it's an upbeat uh, end of the season here. Yeah, for sure, and there were a lot of things, a lot of things to highlight that we're going to talk about later in the show. We do want to tell you that just here in a few minutes we'll have Assistant Commissioner Robert Falkins on air for an extended first period, so we're going to get some answers from him and and have some uh, back and forth that we're excited about for sure. We do want to tell you that Madman Wrestling Academy is the place to go here heading into uh, the uh, postseason and the ISWA season, the offseason for high school, which you and I know there is no offseason in high school wrestling. Uh, as soon as you start taking time off the mat, everybody else is passing you on the left, on the right, over the top. And um, so uh, we were talking on Saturday a little bit, uh, Peyton Long from Southern Wells. Yeah. You wouldn't think that he would have experience with Tim Myers in the, in the Belmont room, but he does through Madman. Um, and so anybody in the Decatur area, if you're listening over the radio tonight uh, or you're within a half hour of, of Adams County, definitely check it out. Talk to Tim at Regional on Saturday or at Semi-State the following week and uh, learn more about it. WZBD is going to throw out some of their uh, Facebook posts and that kind of thing heading into when those season starts. But they've got sessions all the way from high school kids all the way down to the little kids uh, like my youngest son. So check that out. And with that, we're going to take this opportunity to, to uh, play some advertisements for our sponsors that let us bring you uh, Wrestling on a Radio each Sunday night. Back with more right after this. The staff at Haggard, Hershey, and Zelt Funeral Home is honored to serve the community we love and live in. Locally owned and operated by Ryan Hershey and Eric Zelt, we understand that each family we serve and each life lived tells a unique story. Our goal is to offer comfort, care, and dignity to all who entrust their loved ones to our care. We are proud to call Adams County our home and look forward to serving you for generations to come. 
DDD Maintenance and Repair, owned and operated by Shane Reynolds, has your local professionals for heavy-duty truck and diesel engine repair. DDD Maintenance and Repair also offers full-service sand and glass blasting for your surface restoration projects. Whether it's getting your heavy-duty truck and diesel engine running like new or sandblasting your project to look like new, we have a blast renewing the past. Give Shane and the guys a call at 260-223-5442. That's DDD Maintenance and Repair. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday where you get the best savings. Come on, guys. It's where your friends shop. Decatur Package Liquors with the best service and variety in town, now with locations in Monroe, Byrne, and Markle. Welcome back to the Hager Hershey Zeld High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted once again by the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. And now we're joined on the phone by our, our good friend, Mr. Robert Falcons, Assistant Commissioner for the IHSAA. How are you this evening, sir? I'm very well. Thank you for asking, and thank you for having me. Um, I just want to ask one question before we get started. The interview is, uh, did you properly dress in attire suitable for this show tonight, which would be a <laughs> T-shirt with Dane and I's likeness on the front of it? <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's very good. Well, Assistant Commissioner Dane here, glad that you could, uh, glad that you could join us. And we just ran through the uh, sectional winners and congratulated all the coaches for their accomplishments on Saturday. Did you get a chance to make it to a, a tournament this weekend? Yeah, I, was, uh, I started in East Chicago, uh, and I ended up at Winnemac. Um, uh, and both uh, very well-run tournaments. Uh, the folks at East Chicago do a great job, and they have some great wrestling with East Chicago. Uh, in that section, you've got Merrillville, Munster. Uh, Hammond schools are really coming back. Uh, and then I went down to Winnemac, and, uh, you know, Logan Sports making a run to come back to some respectability. And, and then, you know, I have all the other, um, you know, uh, regulars there at, at what's formerly the Twin Lakes section. But Twin Lakes had some... Uh, trouble with their gym so we had to move it to Winnemac but some uh, pretty good wrestling good to see that uh, fans are in the stands and that's that excitement uh, of sectional wrestling uh, we didn't skip a beat uh, weather cooperated and uh, it was a good Saturday to start us off well commissioner uh, we'll get started with the interview here and uh, my first question is uh, looking forward to next year has there been there's been a lot of discussion about the location of the individual state finals can you tell us about the process that you're using to find the alternate site and uh, what uh, initial and uh, some of the association the associated process that uh, you can do so because uh, Dane and I are kind of looking forward to uh, getting our, our reservations for that uh, state finals <laughs> next year well we hope to have uh, an answer for you uh, by the uh, uh, by the state finals we've been working on this for uh, almost a year now when when uh, uh, it was uh, confirmed that uh, the NBA uh, all-star weekend was going to kick us out of uh, Gamers Fieldhouse and also, uh, Lucas, excuse me, Lucas Oil was not going to be available because of some of the festivities. And, um, you know, our problem is, is complicated by the fact that we need 10,000 seats. Uh, we have 224 participants, and that, that's some logistics that a lot of venues just can't handle. Uh, it's a two-day event. And so, uh, you know, there are some complications with hosting our, our wrestling state championships. I have to mention the broadcast capabilities that we need. Uh, and then the amenities, you know, you just can't have a, a state championship without hotel space and restaurant space and all those things and the amenities that, that go into putting on a, 
uh, a world-class event uh, such as our uh, wrestling state championships are. So we started that process a year ago. Uh, we're down to about two or three possibilities, and uh, we hope to have an answer uh, with respect to a, a site and a venue for the 2024 state finals uh, uh, on February 17th, 18th, or, or that following Monday. That, that's the goal, and I'm fairly confident we'll get there. Uh, it's been pretty arduous. We've been through nine or ten visits and, and, and possible locations, and uh, I think we're, we're pretty close to making uh, a decision well, uh, I just, with respect to next year's state finals. I'd just like to throw this out there. When the uh, team state was held in Fort Wayne at the Memorial Coliseum um, and all of the classes wrestled there, I don't think there's any uh, hotel problems there, so just keep that in the back of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, the, our problem also is that we're in the midst of, of – uh, uh, basketball season and hockey season for a lot of our venues and that's difficult getting those dates and, and being able to get two dates like I said before so uh, it, 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 we're working on it but we'll, we'll see what we can do here in the next couple of weeks. Well Commissioner I certainly don't envy you in that decision. I, I know I've had a lot of uh, talks with people over the last few weeks especially from our neck of the woods. Of course everybody wants it to be at Fort Wayne but from over here but I also think they're deep down inside is that desire for it to be a weekend, for it to be an event that gathers people together. And I think a lot of people from this area up in Fort Wayne, deep down inside, are kind of excited about the idea of an Evansville State Tournament just from the fact that it turns into a weekend, a trip, a place that you go and stay overnight. And uh, so there's a lot of things going into this decision. Yeah, I, I hadn't even thought about that. I, I, You know, my biggest concern is that, you know, either – you know, you know, a couple of the of the options are on the far ends of the state, and you know, just you know, if you're in Fort Wayne, going to Evansville is a chore. If you're in Fort Wayne, uh, you know, coming from Evansville would be a chore. And we've had to do that before with girls basketball or, and some other uh, state championships when we lost our our venue for four years. So um, there are, there are those logistics that we have to worry about. But I, you know, if, if folks are going to be excited, and, and that's what we want, we want them to make it a destination and have fun during the course of that two day spread. So another question for you, Commissioner, here, and uh, this is kind of a complicated one, but there's been a lot of talk about seating criteria and seating meetings at sectional, and you've offered your interpretation. Uh, I, I've had a lot of people discuss it, but do you, think that, do you think that teams should strive to schedule everyone in their own sectional so that you've got better head-to-head -head criteria, criteria? Is that kind of the goal that you've set? I know I was in the um, redistricting meeting last year and you talked a lot about local rivalries and promoting dual meets is that something that the association is trying to promote what are your thoughts on that I, I think that's very helpful when when the teams in the sectional have a chance to wrestle against each other but there are a lot of even complications even in that you know as kids uh, move down to their uh, appropriate weight classes for the term there might be times of the year where you know the kids who are going to end up wrestling each other in the sectional are not at the same weight class uh, on a particular date. That's the goal is to make sure kids have an opportunity to wrestle each other so we have some common ground uh, in which to, to have a seating meeting. Uh, it's a difficult concept. Uh, we worked with the coaches a few years ago to get some ideas. We put some down on paper. To my mind, uh, I, I've not done a very good job communicating uh, the language for that seating process. And I think the last couple of years, uh, with the help of Mike Mossbrook and Brandon Taylor, 
we've had seating meetings um, with the uh, people who run the seating meetings. We've done a tutorial and talked through that process. And I think we're better about it than we were before. I went to a couple seating meetings this year. Uh, Oak Hill, uh, you know, just being there and watch the coaches go through that process. I think when you when they hear uh, what the intent of that seating meeting is to be, uh, what the interpretation of the seating process is, um, we were out of there in 45 minutes. It was phenomenal. I mean, they, you, you know, you basically start, and what I like to say is, let's start with the premise. We're going to put the two best wrestlers on the opposite side of the bracket so they won't meet each other until the finals. That's the way it should be. And then we worry about uh, where everything else goes from there. And for the most part, uh, during that meeting at Oak Hill, it was, you know, the coaches, being honest, they said, okay, here's one and two. Now let's go through the criteria to do three, four, five, and six. Uh, it was a it was a great process. I hope it wasn't just because I was there, but I, I just I was just an observer. I just watched them work, uh, and I think if if every one of our 32 sectionals took that attitude and the coaches took that attitude in the seating meetings, they would go just fine. And I and as I looked at the results, um, you know they did a good job. They they got the kids where they were supposed to be. The brackets worked themselves out the way they should have. And, and to the coaches' credit, they did a great job. Uh, I know they did Oak Hill. I won't be, I'm not complaining about that at all. Well, yeah, that's certainly always the goal. And it's always nice to see when you've got the seeds and they seem right and, and there's no, you know, terrible semifinal draws in that sectional and everybody kind of sorts themselves out. Of course, the nice thing about the next few weeks is you don't have to worry about seeding meetings because it's all kind of preset. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's another um, – you know, that's another conversation we, we'll, we have with the coaches. And, you know, absence of, you know, have another seating. I mean, I, I just, I just, it's just, uh, our tournament is, uh, it, it is what it is. And uh, we try to make the best of it. We're certainly listening uh, to some ideas from the coaches, but we also have to manage. We're doing a tournament for everyone in the state. We're doing a tournament to crown uh, 14 state championships. And, uh, and that's basically what our focus will be. So switching gears a little bit, Rex and I just broadcast the girls' state finals down at Mooresville. Um, we had a pretty good time, and the tournament, in my opinion, kind of has outgrown its current two-week Friday format, and Mooresville just wasn't quite big enough to hold all of the fans were there, that were there. Tell us about, about how the sport will be evaluated in the coming year and what that process looks like going forward. How do you feel about the sport, uh, the girls overall? Well, you know, to to your point, uh, I think that's a great problem to have that it's outgrown Mooresville. Mooresville is a, a very uh, sophisticated wrestling community. They know how to handle uh, a very uh, intense uh, uh, tournament. And uh, if our girls' tournament has outgrown that space, that is a very good problem to have. We've already started the process uh, of formatting the tournament for next year. Uh, and to your point, um, we two weeks is not a great format for the number of wrestlers and the number of teams that we have uh, even this year. And moving forward, given the energy and success of the tournament, uh, I don't see any, anywhere else but that number to go immediately to where it needs to be uh, to be recognized as an, as an IHSA championship sport. I don't see this being more than two years down the road before we have our first girls' state championship. And I think next year is going to be very important. We had quite a few hiccups this year with, with respect to, to the girls being given the same um, attention to detail with respect to following the rules and getting girls acclimated and getting them 
into the weight management pro programs and following the rules of the association, the rules of scholastic wrestling with respect to our girls. Uh, this is essentially the first season that we've had to do that. And, and that's a, there's a learning curve with that. We certainly had our hiccups, uh, but we're going to address them. We're going to move forward. Uh, and I think uh, what we've seen in the last couple of years is proof positive that, that the girls are well on their way to having a state championship very, very soon. So, Commissioner, we pushed you about uh, next year's state tournament. I'd like to focus uh, now on this year's state tournament. Uh, could you give us a little bit of uh, information about the layout and the schedule for this year's state finals as uh, Dane and I are trying to figure out if uh, we're going to sneak a, a high school wrestling weekly program in at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning before the show starts, before the match starts, or, or uh, any other information that you might want our fans to know? Well, we're, we're, really, uh, we're really working with Gainbridge Fieldhouse to, uh, to, to make, again, that event a uh, very, very uh, good event. You know, COVID really threw us for a loop, and then we recovered from COVID. We thought we had to do something. And, and to be honest, uh, the, the break uh, was too long, and, and we overcompensated for what we thought we needed to do to get the wrestling in. We're, you know, again, we evaluate this stuff ongoing, uh, and, and almost in the midst of it last year, Brandon and Mike and I said we didn't need that much space built in. So we're going to run the uh, tournament beginning this year, much like it was in prior years prior to COVID, uh, where we're going to start wrestling uh, later in the day. But we're not going to take that three or four hour break that we, that we took last year, thinking we had to in the year before because of COVID. Uh, and, and it'll be more, much more similar to what past tournaments have been at Gamebridge Fieldhouse, uh, and, and it'll look more more like that. It'll be, you know, you're going to give people some time to stretch their legs, go out and get, you know, a box of popcorn, and, and you don't have to leave the, the fieldhouse and go, you know, take a nap. It's not going to be that length of time between uh, the sessions. We're thinking more of an hour, hour and 15 minutes between sessions, give the officials and the table workers a chance to get a break, uh, get a bite to eat, stretch their legs, and then come back and and do the second uh, half of the of the weight classes. Uh, that's the plan. We're going to stick to it. Uh, it'll be, like I said, it'll be a lot like it was prior to COVID. One of the other changes uh, is the folks at, at Gamebridge are really, really uh, focused on the production value. What does it look like? And we're going to change the mat, uh, uh, the, the layout of the mats on the floor. And I think uh, folks are going to be pretty pleased with it. Uh, we're, and, and in doing so, we're going to be able to bring some of the fans closer to the action. Uh, and uh, it, it's, I'm very excited about uh, what the folks at Gamebridge have planned for us. And, and, uh, and I think the, our, I know our fans will like it. And then the third thing is, and, and moving forward again from COVID, is we're going to have assigned seats. And so, you know, when you buy a seat uh, for our state finals, you're going to have a seat. And, and uh, we're going to give the wrestlers first choice. Uh, and the school's first choice of the seats in the in the arena, and then we're going to open it up to the public. Uh, and uh, we're going to be better about. I think Gamebridge learned a lot last year about the the, the process for getting tickets on uh, between Friday and Saturday. They're going to allow people to buy tickets for both nights ahead of time, uh, and so that will alleviate some of those concerns that we had from folks last year. Your your answer just got applause from our studio audience. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so we, we we heard loud. I mean, I was. You know, unfortunately, I was with the guy from, uh, I think he was from Portage last year. A uh, gentleman been coming to our state finals for 57 years. And at, at midnight, when uh, the tickets were supposed to go on sale, uh, I was walking out of the arena uh, at the end of the, the night. 
and he was really having trouble getting on to uh, the site to, to make his ticket purchases. And I, so fortunately, I got a chance to get somebody from the ticket office who was still there, and we walked him through it. But there was that point we realized we had some issues, and we were going to have some issues for the rest of the evening. We've addressed those, and we hope they won't have an issue this year. So uh, we didn't really pin you down for a time, but let's just say if Dane and I wanted to have the High School Wrestling Weekly Show before the tournament, what do you think a good time for our airtime would be? Uh, uh, in the morning or the first session? Bef- yeah, before. yeah, before the first session. I would say right around noon, 1 o'clock. Okay, we'll take it. You know, we ask you we, we ask you the tough questions. We push hard. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I you know, I, I want you guys to to be in that place when the folks come in. You can see them come in. So I will give you the heads up about what time we're going to open the doors, and you, you I'll be sure that you're there before everybody else gets there. Awesome. Well, we do have one more question for you, and this one's kind of a personal one for you, and it came from one of our listeners. Tell sure. us a little bit about the process that you went through to get through your current position, your, your career path, and how you got to Indianapolis and the IHSAA offices. Wow. Um, uh, I am in my, geez, this is my 36th year uh, working in athletics and public education. I spent um, 23 years as a, as a principal, um, coach, and teacher uh, here in Indianapolis in several school districts. Uh, I was on the board of the IHSA. Uh, and then when uh, under Blake Rest, and when Blake retired, Bobby Cox became commissioner. And then Bobby hired me uh, to be his replacement as the assistant commissioner. Uh, and my duties were, at that time, football, wrestling, uh, golf, and track and field. Um, and so I, this is my 13th year uh, with the IHSA. Um, uh, and I'm, 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 a, I'm a teacher, coach, principal, uh, and I've, I've, I've made that uh, – just been in the right place at the right time, actually, to be in this position. And, and it worked out for the best for me. And um, I'm very, very pleased and grateful to work with some great people and, and, uh, and to, to be able to enjoy uh, what I think is the best high school association in the, in the country. Uh, of the 51 associations that we come across, I would not want to be anyplace else but the state of Indiana and to find people who are coaches and principals and athletic directors. And of course, all the kids that we work with uh, who are phenomenal kids and uh, make it worth the effort. So my follow-up question to that is, out of all 365 days of the year, what's your favorite day of the year with your current position? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is a, that's, a, that's an unfair question. Uh, <laughs> because no matter how I answer it, someone's going to be slighted. And, uh, and, and I, don't, I certainly don't want that to be the case. But, you know, we... We just talked about that this weekend, and um, one of my responsibilities at the IHSA is, is the Student Advisory Committee. And, you know, being a former teacher and a former coach uh, and principal, this is the one place where I have that chance to interact with the student-athletes. And, and we had our meeting Sunday and, and spent time with 18 great kids for three hours playing our student advisory, uh, student leadership retreat. Uh, if if I were to be perfectly honest, uh, that student leadership retreat date uh, in June is probably one of my favorite days. Uh, it's 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 followed closely by by the championships uh, of wrestling on Saturday night. But you know, given the totality and all the kids that 
that are involved at that student leadership retreat and all the effort and work we go to, to see our kids, uh, uh, the best of our 160,000 student athletes. Uh, uh, that would probably be my, my, my favorite day of the 365 days of the year. So, Dane, he said he was an educator, but he sounded a lot like a politician because he answered that question so succinctly well. that uh, he didn't make any sports people mad, but I, I think it was a great, great answer to your question. And uh, Dane said that was the last question, but I, I have two. Number one, do you have a fresh new bow tie for the state finals this year? I, I certainly do. Okay. I, I certainly do. And secondly, close to my heart, um, what kind of grub are you going to have in the hospitality room this year? Because, you know, uh, we, at Mooresville, the girls' state, they had chicken parmesan and breadsticks that was phenomenal. And you, you know me, um, I think we got shorted a little bit of football state finals, so I think you owe me one, Robert. <laughs> well, you know, we're going we're gonna to have some home cooking this year. We have decided uh, that we're going to allow a group of, uh, of our wrestling moms uh, from here uh, in the state of Indiana with the high school wrestling coach. So they're going to they're gonna do a little home cooking for us. We're going to give them a budget. Uh, and they're gonna they're gonna work something up. You're, we're not gonna get any packaged food. It's gonna be homemade goodies, and they're promising biscuits and gravy on Saturday morning. So oh man! Get there early. Yeah. Here, here's what you do now. Now you now you make a cookbook and you sell a cookbook. <laughs> it's about advertisement, Robert. You know that. <laughs> yeah, that's the retirement job. That's the retirement job. Well, Commissioner, we certainly thank you for coming on our show. Tonight, uh, we look forward to the next few weeks of the state tournament. Of course, the, the state bracket reveal uh, leading up to the state finals. And, of course, we look forward to uh, a handshake and maybe another interview on our show that, uh, that Friday before the first round. You can count it. And, and you know, we, we, we have a new uh, uh, guest on the uh, draw show, and it's uh, Joe Caprino is going to be there and Coach Gable. So we're going to have both halves of the state covered. Uh, Coach Gable knows the southern half, and Joe, I think, would, would do a great job with kids in the north and northeast, and, um, you know, that has certainly grown in popularity, and, and it's, it's another neat thing we do for our wrestlers in the state of Indiana. Awesome. That's great news to hear, Joe, a big pro, uh, friend of, uh, of our program, and uh, kudos to you for, for adding him. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you. Well, I appreciate that, uh, sir, and uh, we'll talk to you uh, down the road at state tournament. All right, look for me. I'll look for you guys. And uh, as always, thanks for what you do for our kids who are wrestling in the state of Indiana, not just in the Fort Wayne area. I think you guys are, are wonderful for all of our kids who are wrestling. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're just trying to get some of those shirts with our faces on it south of Indianapolis, and it's tough to do. I, know I got one from Mike Gable in my suitcase. I'll bring him uh, on the state finals week because uh, he's another one of our big fans. So uh, we appreciate seeing that. So uh, take care, and we'll talk to you later. All right, very good. Thanks. That's been, co it's been uh, Commissioner Robert Falcons of the IHSAA. Yeah, and I want to get through our few ads here, and then when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about some of the things that he said there. But for a complete selection of financial services, including financial planning and insurance services, depend on Troy Jacks at Jackson Associates at 954 Industrial Drive. I drove by it on Saturday. I said, hey, that's where Troy's <laughs> business is. Troy at Jackson Associates in Portland is pleased to be a sponsor of this radio program here from the Double Eagle. And they would like to congratulate the Jay County Patriots for their sectional title. Troy Jacks at Jackson Associates in Portland wishing area wrestlers the best of luck in uh, Saturday's meet. So, Dane, you weren't on the air with us on Saturday, but uh, I had to give a shout-out. We're going to call our next guest here, but I had to give a shout-out on radio for my former next-door neighbor, first-ever Belmont um, Mishawaka Championship. Happy birthday to Tony Roman. Oh, there you go. And uh, speaking of our shirts – 
Nobody handles screen printing and apparel like Team Montraware in Bluffton, providing high-quality and creative apparel for South Adams football, Belmont wrestling, many others in our area. Team Mantra takes all the work coaches and volunteers used to do, taking orders and collecting money, and they do that work for you. Set up an online store for your state qualifiers or semi-state qualifier shirts and let the local experts at Team Mantra take care of the rest. I had, I had to go on to uh, Team Mantra Wear and adjust my latest order, get the judge's hat on order, and uh, take care of that. And uh, we've closed that window. I've got some extra shirts printed up and uh, trying to make sure we have those before the state tournament. So with that, I'm going to play a couple commercials. We'll be back with more of the, uh, second, peri- uh, the uh, second period right after these messages here on WZBD. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. Stop in and ask me for details about our new Beer of the Month Club with all our great variety. We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday where you get the best savings. Decatur Package Liquor It's located right on 13th Street. Come on, guys. It's where your friends shop. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker Drywall. Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur is hands down the best auto body repair shop in the Midwest. That's why your friends and neighbors give Bowers Paint Studio a five-star rating on Facebook. Your family ride get dinged in an accident? Take it to Bowers for a free estimate. Need a custom paint job for your collectible car or motorcycle? Bowers Paint Studio is the place to go. Nate works with all the insurance companies and can help you get a loaner. That's Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur. Welcome back to Hager Hershey's Eld High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted once again by the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. And, uh, Dane, I see smiles on the faces of all of our in-house guests uh, as their, I think their food s- selections were to their pleasing. Absolutely, and don't forget that uh, the clubhouse is always open for specials downstairs during weekdays. Uh, they've got specials on memberships for the upcoming season. And golf is right around the corner. As soon as I hope wrestling ends, it feels like golf begins. So keep that in mind as we go through. Rex, we can't not talk about some of the things that Robert said. Now, we're going to have to go back and check the transcript. <laughs> but I, I swear he said February 17th or 18th. Or the Monday. Or that following Monday. He did. He said, or that following Monday. Yeah. I need some time to process <laughs> what that means, but I'm, I, I'm glad that you heard it too. Yeah. Um, I was very glad to hear him say we're not more than two years down the road. That's the closest number we've gotten him to commit to. Um, and he also said that they're going to change the layout on the floor. Now, I, I go back – I don't remember how many years I've been going, but I think back to the, the years. I went to Market Square Arena for a few years. The mats have always been in a row, four of them. Yeah. I don't know, other than Newcastle, 
the, the one year. When was the last time that the mats weren't? So I don't know what that means. Southport days, they had room for three. Okay. And they had a lower bleacher down. They had two side-by-side side and one. had three and then a lower section of bleachers. My only thought, if I'm going to put words in his mouth, you know that one section on the end is always pulled way back and had a warm-up room. If you put four in a square in the middle, you could pull that section down because he did say bring the fans closer to the action. You could pull that set of upper end bleachers down in close, move the mats down towards the end, you know, where the wrestlers come in at down there and, and tighten it up so that you had four in the center and bring the mats down closer and kind of put people out because they waste a lot of seats that go up high. Those seats go up in like the third deck. And uh, if you pull yeah, those out, there's basically yeah. nothing on that end. It's a cliff, and there never <laughs> and there never has been since it moved there in 2000. Yeah, so that's very interesting. You know, the the, the layout has obviously changed. If you haven't been to the state finals in the last two or three years, um, your traditional ramp down to the bottom section isn't quite the way it used to be. And now you've got those where you can turn back in and go underneath that didn't used to be there. It used to be all open. Our old so, media row's gone. Meter yeah. Rose gone. So I don't know if the layout has changed for hockey, and if because it, it used to be, it felt like we were limited by the hockey boards. Yeah. On the sides, but if they shifted everything, oh, we'll see. That's he, he, he just he threw a nugget out there. Now we're twisting it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we're talking too much, but that's what we <laughs> that's what we get paid to do. Well, he said it. Um, where do we need to go next? Well, Jay food, Cody. the food, no, the food, talk about the food, right. homemade food. That's almost like going to the sectional at the Adam Central football game and walking into like a, a roasting pan full of chicken and noodles. I was, I was almost going to press him if he had contacted the uh, wrestling mom from Cowan who makes the muffins <laughs> to see if she could get the muffin spot. For, I think the 218 uh, punter, I think the 220 punter graduated. No. We'll have oh, to ask, have to Tony. ask Tony when he comes yeah. back on. In third period. We are yeah. going to be joined by Tony Abbott, head coach of the Cowan Blackhawks during the third period. It's, uh, it's basically a Belmont versus Cowan dual meet for the first 45 minutes of the show. Which is not good for us. On, on Saturday. But um, you've got those Jay County Regional pairings up. Is that what you want to look through now? Well, you pull those up, I'm going to tell you that the Fort Wrestling Facility at 1519 Goshen Road in Fort Wayne is building young wrestlers all across the Fort Wayne area one practice at a time. Join them for a live practice session or for one of their upcoming camps at the Fort Wrestling Facility. Just check out their website today at thefortwrestling.com. Open to wrestlers seven years old through high school. Don't miss the chance to train with the wrestlers from all over the area, focusing on technique, conditioning, and learning how to love the sport of wrestling. And once again, a shout-out to Andy for a, uh, a sectional title for the Homestead Spartans. You know, you look at 106, I think we can definitely say that Aiden Bollinger coming at 32-0 is the, is the class of the field. I was very impressed with Hunter Douglas at 28 and two on the top half of that bracket, uh, winning the uh, the Adam Central sectional, and the rest of those guys in there I think are fighting for second place. I had third so place. many so many people uh, between his semifinal match and his finals match just say the the most random not random the most wrestling fan thing that a wrestling fan could say. That Hunter Douglas is tough. <laughs> you know how many times you've heard a wrestling say they look at a guy that. That kid's tough. People recognized it, and I think people maybe weren't paying enough attention to Norwell's lineup where they weren't paying attention at conference. They saw it on Saturday, and if you were at the Jay County section on Saturday, I think you know, okay, like we're, we're thinking Hunter Douglas has got 
a, a pretty good shot of being a state qualifier. And then let's see where the where the matchups go on Friday night. Before we lose track, Dane, another high school wrestling weekly shirt just made it into the into the oh, that's ar what, arena. That's what we're talking. I, I didn't even wear mine tonight. My wife said you need to quit wearing yours. People know who you are. You don't have to have your face on your shirt. <laughs> so I didn't wear mine tonight. The judges got one on. Another one just walked in. So um, yeah, those the the other guys in that 106 pound weight class. Forgive me, everyone, but you're fighting for third place. I think so too. At 113 pounds, I think that was the most exciting match in the finals. Um, I could not believe the way uh, Daniel Moore wrestled. Talked to Eric Myers over the weekend about the previous matches that Moore had had with Levi Johns. None of it led you to believe that Moore was going to have a chance to take him out, and that's exactly what he did. My wife leaned over and kind of elbowed me. She said, didn't, didn't Johns go to state last year? Yeah. Said, yeah. She said, didn't he get a medal? Yeah. Yeah, he did, and, and Moore beats him. I, I think possibly, you know, old wrestlers think like this. He may have looked past him. But it's hard to beat a good guy three times. I, I don't care who you are. It's hard to beat a guy, good guy three times. And uh, uh, Levi Johns is not done. You know that. He is not done. He's going to come back. And uh, uh, he more than likely will probably meet up with Daniel Morgan in the finals. For yeah. Belmont, it's Tate Kirkenberg against Rafe Keith, the first of many Belmont versus Cowan matchups in the in the first round. So we go to uh, 120, and there's another one with Will Franz. who's going to take on Bowen Keith, who's at 20. Three and six. Uh, Will Franzi at, at a 14 and 14 uh, just kind of made his win lineup. But uh, Tay Curtis on the top half of the bracket wrestle against a wrestler from Wapahani. And then Neil Mosier, 32 and 0, uh, another solid 20 uh, pounder undefeated for Delta, comes in on the bottom bracket. At 120 pounds, uh, Coach Myers, we had a conversation yesterday, uh, a long conversation, as I've mentioned it multiple times. But he told me that Will Franzi beat the kid from Rensselaer Central. Uh, towards the end of the dual meet when Belmont beat Rensselaer. He said that same day, that kid from Rensselaer beat Tay Curtis. And he said really? he, he just could not – he says that kid has gotten so much better from where he was at the beginning of December. Yeah, AJ and I talk about that each week. And, uh, you know, if you give the most improved wrestler, uh, you know, not the guys that have been wrestling forever that get a little bit better. You talk about a guy who's just gotten heads and tails better. Uh -huh. Uh, Jackson Bradley gets pinned in the finals for the first loss of his high school career, and now he ends up on the same side as Cody Rowles, and he gets pitted against Belmont's Bryce Rickards, so another Belmont-Cowan match. You know, Rawls coming in 33-0, uh, and 0, and he was definitely in the class of the sectional that we saw this weekend, and uh, down the bottom half, uh, Jarrett Smith's down there, and he's going to rest against uh, Tulsa, uh, Cole Stoffel from uh, Yorktown at uh, 28-7, but... Uh, I think the real match is going to be between Bradley and Rawls in that semifinals. 32, uh, Gavin Cook. Um, he draws Jaden Jett in the first round. Yeah, I thought I looked at those brackets and said, that's probably the toughest first-round match of any, any anybody. Yeah, Sam Wolpert then gets Justin Boone from Yorktown, Tuttles down on the other end, and he gets Connor Dryband, and we saw Dryband pin Wolpert um, for third and fourth on Saturday, so... And at 138, that's a, uh, that's a loaded weight class. We saw Dawson Brooks, uh, I did at least, when Daleville wrestled South Adams at the very beginning of the year. But, man, Jean-Paul is uh, – I, I talked to Tim a little bit after the wrestling on Saturday, and he said – and, of course, he calls him Kevin, not Jean-Paul. But he said Kevin cannot get enough wrestling right now. He loves it. He's eating it up. He is working so hard, and we talked about it on Saturday. You know, success breeds success, and you get that confidence, and you just want to get better because all of a sudden you felt it now. You know what it tastes like. 
And uh, for Loshi, it's been a it's been a fun ride. Obviously, we saw good things from Isaiah Meyer from South Adams, and then uh, Tony Wood. I mean, we, no you just can't <laughs> you can't say enough about Tony Wood. Uh, still thirty four and zero. His his match against Logan Allman in the finals is. It, those matches are always entertaining, if nothing else. Let's do one more, and then we'll go to break. Looking at 145, you got Blake Luganbill, who, um, you know, is a, is a ticket rounder last year. He's going to take on Evan Duncan from Winchester. But you've got a returning state placer in Cameron, Cameron Clark. You've got Ronimus from Delta, who's got three or four losses. You've got um, Hernandez, who looked awfully good. You've got to give credit to kids who come from teams like that that have – really small teams and don't have practice partners and you see a kid like that wrestle really really well and beat some good kids and you have to take your hats off it's easy to be good when you got three guys pushing you it is not easy to be good when you're the only good guy on your team and i i, I give him credit for the season that he's had and i was really impressed with cameron clark uh, on saturday as well so let's take this opportunity to play a couple of commercials we'll be back with uh, more of our uh, look forward into the jay county regional right after these messages on high school wrestling weekly The staff at Haggard, Hershey, and Zelt Funeral Home is honored to serve the community we love and live in. Locally owned and operated by Ryan Hershey and Eric Zelt, we understand that each family we serve and each life lived tells a unique story. Our goal is to offer comfort, care, and dignity to all who entrust their loved ones to our care. We are proud to call Adams County our home and look forward to serving you for generations to come. Hi, this is Jessie from Heller Nursery in Decatur, Indiana. We are celebrating 75 years in business with three generations of Heller still working. During these winter months, we have a great selection of pottery and houseplants in our greenhouses. New shipments in weekly, and stay up to date with Heller Nursery on Facebook. Stop in at Heller Nursery for a breath of fresh air. Don't forget, Heller Nursery is open seven days a week, including Sundays. Check out hellernursery.com for our spring tree and shrub options. Brad Weber proudly supports the WZBD Wrestling Coaches Show. He also supports youth football in Adams County as a board member of the Decatur Football League and president of Belmont Cadet Football, giving our youth the chance to learn the great game of football. Some of the best football players in our area have also been fantastic wrestlers. That's why famous coaches like Joe Gibbs and John Madden always wanted wrestlers on their team. Find out more about youth football opportunities by giving Brad a call at 452-7045 or email bw at bradweberlaw.com. Welcome back to Hager Hershey's Zelda High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted once again by the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. And on the phone with us right now, I can definitely say this is longtime listener, second-time caller, Coach uh, Tony Abbott of the Cowan Blackhawks. How are you doing tonight, Coach? I'm doing good. How about you guys? Good. Uh, did you hear anything interesting in that uh, interview with uh, Commissioner Falcons about the uh, upcoming season, uh, season finale? Yeah, he, he said there's some stuff going to be a little different, but I didn't catch all of it. Well, one of the things that he mentioned was a potential change layout to the mats um, and bringing in some seats and getting people closer to the action. So awfully interested to see what that looks like as obviously wrestling fans are kind of traditionalists and uh, we've had those mats in that format and that uh, orientation for a long, long time. Yeah, you, you know, he, he, he may be looking to raise the mat up, put it on a platform. That's, that's what I'm at. That would be... A lot of fun, and certainly from someone who has been taking pictures for the last five or six years and struggled with people being in the way and not being allowed on the mat, that would be really, really cool and would certainly elevate 
the event, I think, and, and sort of bring it some extra prestige. Yeah, I think, I think they did one at the IHPO that was pretty neat. So, Coach, we just went through 106 through 145, and the question I'd like to ask you to start the interview is, a few years ago when we first talked, you were a young team, a young program. You had some guys that were tickled pink to make it out of the sectional, and then in the regional, they draw Belmont guys, and it was a tough matchup for them. But we just went through some matchups where you guys are the favorite. You guys are the heavy hitters, and the Belmont guys are going to have to wrestle their tails off to try to advance to semi-state. Tell us a little bit about how you take three or four young guys and say, hey, you're going to wrestle this kid from Belmont. You're supposed to beat him. Here's what you need to do. Well, really quick, um, we turned into the big brother because we got a little bit older than those guys. So, um, you know, we, we I talked to the kids today, and, and um, you know, they're – the the Keith boys, you know, they, they both they both have Belmont guys, um, and basically we we talked as a team today, and you know we we're wrestling the next six minutes. That's all we're worried about is is the next six minutes that we have to wrestle. We're not looking past anybody um, because you know as well as as anybody, you know, the tournament time the guy that you're looking for next round may not be there. So so we're, we're taking it six minutes at a time. So tell us a little bit about the highlights from the Delta sectional. Uh, most of our listeners were present or listening to WZBD for the Jay County sectional coverage. What were some of the big storylines? Well, um, the first thing is, is a really competitive sectional in, in, in individual matchups. Um, I, I feel good about the group of kids the Delta sectionals are, are bringing to Jay County as a whole. I think they can, you know, hold their own and compete, um, which is, which is always good. You know, um, for our team, um, not everything went as planned as we wanted. Uh, but you know, we, we, we live to fight another day. So, um, you know, and, and going back to that next six minutes thing. So you are, I'm trying to remember how many years Cowan's had a program now for high school, but you guys are kind of established now. Tell us a little bit about the culture of your program and how you are working to take it to the next level? Well, uh, for first, first week, this is our seventh season. Um, and, you know, w when you're talking to a school the size of Cowan, you know, we got approximately 100 boys in the school. So um, we're, we're finding kids to come out. We're, you know, we're, we're getting them at the, at the middle school level, trying to groom them into wrestlers. And, you know, year in, year out, we're going to try to stay competitive. Um, Sometimes the, the, uh, the, you know, the, the kids we have maybe not be as athletic as the kids we had in the past. Right now we got a pretty good group of juniors, um, you know, and just, and just take it, you know, one day at a time and just try to get better. So I know it's tough as a head coach to talk about your own kids and to hype them up. So I'm going to ask you this. Looking at the other teams from your sectional, who's a guy that maybe Rex and I are looking at the brackets and we don't think much of because of his record? Who's a guy from Monroe Central or Winchester or Yorktown that we might not look at and give a whole lot of credit to, but you saw good things from Saturday? I would say I would say the guys that kind of are off the radar that that I would look at. With, Winchester has a pair of lightweights that are pretty good. Um, Keen at 106, and I think the kids Sperlin at 113. They're not bad wrestlers. They're pretty good. Uh, 
definitely wouldn't overlook them. Um, they're, they're pretty good kids. So uh, as we look forward to uh, Saturday's regional, obviously then the next step is semi-state at the Coliseum. It's always that weird dynamic. It's the same thing that we experience when we go from conference to sectional. Now the Jay County sectional teams sort of uh, bond together, and we try, to, we try to win as many spots against the Delta sectional as possible. But as we go forward and we get to the semi-state, it's all the Jay County regional teams rooting for each other. How excited are you for what this regional is going to be able to do at the Coliseum in two weeks? Yeah, man, that's, that is exciting. Um, we've always been, you know, try, trying to be pull everybody together and help everybody out as much as possible. It, 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 it helps us and, and, and the, the team state voting or uh, uh, the process and all that. So, um, it, you know, there's, there's, there's a couple weight classes that are predominantly maybe better at other other regionals but um as a whole i think i think the uh, jay county regional is is one of the toughest regionals you know i wouldn't want to draw into it really to be honest with you you know tony um as as a delaware county guy uh does it make it make you happy to see that uh belma uh, the uh, delta program come back to a respectable program once again because they're bringing some guys in here with bowlinger and and some of these other guys that are are favored to win this regional yeah yeah delta delta's you know they, they really haven't went i mean they were they've been pretty decent throughout i mean they've had the names there uh you know they had a state champion in gray not too long ago which you know uh, uh, you, you know those championships don't grow on trees so uh delta's delta's i mean they're they're solid and it's 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 up up in the level for the whole for our whole section you know they're setting a bar that everybody has to has to strive to compete with. You know, they came through the, the 2A team state and uh, beat Belmont. Uh, some people call it an upset. I, I just think Belmont was not wrestling that very well. They just got really hammered by Western, but Western's proved that they're, they're a quality team. So, I mean, that, on, a, on a different day in a different environment, I think Belmont gives Delta a little bit better match because Belmont moves some guys around to try and make up some gaps because they had some guys hurt. But uh, I, I think that, that Delta team is pretty solid. But uh, there's a couple of matchups. I think there's a couple of Belmont-Delta head-to-heads that will be very interesting matches. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, and, and when, you're talk, when you're talking about regional, like, you can throw everything out the window, man. It's, 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 it's six minutes what happens. I mean, you're talking about one move, you know, one guy catching a lead and it, the match – turning different ways it i mean guys have to be prepared to, to you know for adversity man uh, so um and, and if they're not i mean it, it, that's that's what's so tough about the sport it's, it's you gotta be mentally tough i mean I, I don't i've seen guys get down a few points and make comebacks and i've seen guys get down a couple points and just you know throw in the chips so um it you know get after it like that well um looking at your son's bracket at 160 pounds, sort of our last note here before we before we let you go and move on. Um, you know, I'll be real honest, and, and maybe his mom won't like me being honest, but Cash and Reynolds didn't wrestle very well at the ACAC. It didn't look very good, but man, did that kid dig deep on Saturday. You could tell that was a senior wrestling, his final match, his potential final match, knowing that his career was on the line. Uh, he knocks off a kid from Belmont who was a conference champ the week before comes back and, 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 and wrestles and moves on, you know, that's one of the cool things about that first round of regional 
is you've got some seniors who know they're up against a wall and they have six minutes to continue their career or they're done and it may be 8.45, yeah, you know, 9 a.m. in the morning and their, their, their season's over, their career's over. Sure, yeah, that's, that's, that's the, whole, the, the whole thing. You got to be prepared to go um, when the whistle blows, you know, and, 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 and there is a lot at, at stake. So, so you know, that's, guys are going to bring it, you know, and you got to be prepared for that. Well, Coach, we thank you for coming on the show tonight. As always, it's a pleasure. We are looking forward to uh, seeing all of your coaches and wrestlers and associated fans that we've sort of come to become friends with. We walked into the girls' state finals, and uh, a gentleman, a rather tall gentleman, opened the door for us. And I said, hey, I know you. We've seen you at regional before. He's got a Cowan shirt on. And uh, it's just fun to be uh, part of your program and, and associated with it. Tony, yeah. he, you know who he is. He's one of the biggest humans I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, that's it's kind of he's a hundred thirty-two pounder dad. Well, wait, I'm hoping the growth spurt hits and we got a, a heavyweight next year. <laughs> hey, before before we let you go, we had one question: uh, Did the two twenty pounder that made the blueberry muffins graduate? He's still on the team. No, he's a heavyweight now. There we go. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, we're not saying anything, but we're also saying something. Just saying. <laughs> I tell you what, yeah, Tony. He, he brings his muffins. All right, Tony, I appreciate you calling in, and we'll talk to you on Saturday. All right, we'll see you then. That's been Coach Tony Abbott of the Cowan Blackhawks. And, uh, Dane, I, I don't know if I can bring myself to – since I got all these pretty uh, High School Wrestling Weekly polos, I don't think I'm putting the uh, the Big Bird yellow Cowan Blackhawk <laughs> jersey on this weekend. Well, we do want to tell you about 8th Street Oil and Decatur. Get your car in today. Give them a call at uh, 301-9388. That's 316 North 8th Street in Decatur. Um, Stop in or call. They do full-service full oil changes, tire rotations, battery brake service, fluid changes. You can get your headlights and wiper blades changed. Have a cup of coffee in the waiting room. And we go to the big magic dial, and we're going to spin it. Click, 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 and it lands on. Kathy Runyon. Dane Ant? Yep. Winner of the there H, you go. Winner of the 8th Street oil oil change. Uh, hey, Duke Myers is making everybody in this crowd happy this compliments year. Compliments to Duke Myers. Who I counted him at 10 takedowns in the one match. He uh, he looked good. Yeah. I, I I was impressed, and um, obviously Khan had a great tournament in knocking off AJ Myers down on the other side of the bracket. But uh, you know we've seen enough of Duke this year to know that if he's on it and he's on it on his feet, um, you know there's it, not a whole lot of guys in the state that can beat him. As good as Maverick Somerset looked at 82, remember back the match when Belmont wrestled South Adams. And Duke broke his will in the first one minute of the match, and, and Somerset was done. Duke took him down so many times. And I've been in those matches where you, you, you take him down, and you get so defeated, and the guy just toys with you, and it, it just gets from bad to worse. Well, I have to, and I don't want to pick on the young man, but I, I have to laugh at Bryce Wink a little bit. He kind of went right into that match with Somerset and thought, you know, why don't we, why don't we see who's a better thrower? <laughs> and I don't know. And it, you and I saw it the week before. Wink beat him on his feet. And was fine, but for some reason he thought he was going to outmuscle Maverick Somerset, and that, that wasn't how it went down. I told AJ, you know, AJ has not seen a lot of South Adams matches, and I said, when Somerset's on a match, somebody's getting thrown. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who it is, but somebody's getting thrown. Exactly. So when we come back here for the overtime period, we'll have the schedule for WZBD for the rest of the week, and a big week for girls' basketball for the sectionals, and we'll bring you the rest of our messages right after this. DDD Maintenance and Repair, owned and operated by Shane Reynolds, has your local professionals for heavy-duty truck and diesel engine repair. 
DDD Maintenance and Repair also offers full-service sand and glass blasting for your surface restoration projects. Whether it's getting your heavy-duty truck and diesel engine running like new or sandblasting your project to look like new, we have a blast renewing the past. Give Shane and the guys a call at 260-223-5442. That's DDD Maintenance and Repair. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday where you get the best savings. Come on, guys. It's where your friends shop. Decatur Package Liquors, with the best service and variety in town, now with locations in Monroe, Burn, and Markle. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. Welcome back to the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. A, sh a double shout-out to, to Joel. That double shot. Yeah, that's a problem. I get... You gave me a new one. And I left get, the old one in there, so yeah, I got to okay. take one of them out. But, hey, he, Joel gets lots of credit uh, for owning all those packages. Don't stored. forget about locations in Monroe and Burn and, of course, in Markle yeah. on, uh, on 224. So looking at the schedule for the rest of the week, it's a complicated one, but listen up. Tomorrow night we've got the Bluffton versus Manchester girls basketball game, first round of sectional. It's going to be Mike Mocky and Luke Koning live from Bluffton, and then right after that we'll roll into – South Adams versus Whitco. On Wednesday, we will bring you the Belmont game as they take on Oak Hill. That's a 6 o'clock. Is that right, 6 o'clock? That's not what my head says. My head says that's no, – it is 6 o'clock. Uh, so, sometimes you list, have to listen to your head. <laughs> Matt Conversay and Luke Koning on Wednesday. And then Penn State and Purdue will be on tape delay after that. On Thursday, we've got Pacers basketball as they host the Lakers. Then on Friday, we will have the Adams Central game versus the winner of Bluffton and Manchester, Mike Mackey and Luke Koning, live from Bluffton High School. And then we will hopefully be bringing you the South Adams game against Lures, as long as South Adams advances, against Whitco on Tuesday. And that will be, of course, Mike and Lou on the call. And then on Saturday we'll have the basketball coaches show. It will be the boys head coaches, I believe, if I heard Matt Wright on the way down to Jay County on Saturday. And then right after that, we'll roll right into uh, Rex and AJ for the wrestling regional. And then a perfect segue, because as soon as wrestling's over, we're going to go right to the big one, Purdue-IU basketball. IU, of course, won the wrestling matchup this weekend. By the way, if you didn't follow, uh, Ike Rubel was uh, one heartbeat away, like the president, you know, or the vice president, speaker of the house. He was one heartbeat away from from wrestling varsity for Purdue really? on Sunday. He weighed in. He was introduced, uh, but they went with the other guy instead. But uh, Ike making a triumphant return to the wrestling room there. And Ike and Doby are in the same weight class Sunday. Wow. At wow. the University of Indianapolis Open. And uh, the, the, the Democrats going to be there with uh, taking some pictures, and uh, it's going to be a good time. So on Saturday night, we will have a girls' sectional finals, presumably one of them. We don't know which one. Uh, hopefully we've got two of them to cover. But uh, listen in Saturday. And then, of course, next Sunday, we'll have High School Wrestling Weekly live here at 7 o'clock. Now, the following week, the big game is on. And so we're back to Monday night. But uh, we're on Sunday night next week. So our normal Sunday night crowd will be back in. But uh, I tell you what, Dane, this show just kind of flew right through tonight. We had the big interview with uh, Coach uh, uh, Commissioner Falcons. And I, I think it was a great interview. We got a lot of great answers. And uh, we really appreciate him calling in and that. Uh, I think he leans on us as much as we lean on him for information. 
to get out to uh, people in the state. And uh, I think that was a great interview. So our regular show has ended. I'd like to thank all of our sponsors who allow us to uh, talk wrestling on the radio each uh, Sunday and Monday night. But uh, with that, we're going to go right into the podcast. So tune in next week here on WZBD. So, Steve, we're into the podcast now. So, Dane, are we going to continue yeah, talking about these brackets here? Yeah, definitely. Let's go through those, and then we'll talk a little bit more about what Robert had to say. At 152 pounds, obviously, coming in, you were talking about Funk and Davis and Whitcamp. Those were the ones you were looking at. But, I mean, how many more times do you need to see Colt Mullenbacher be dangerous before you take him seriously? Obviously, a big storyline last year was um, the matchups at 126 pounds with Farrote and Allman, and Bullenbacher is the one who escapes out of that. He darn near pins Gavin Davis yeah. <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, Chad says he didn't see it that way, but by golly, it was close. Well, let's just put it this way. I told AJ, I think I pulled a muscle bridging. <laughs> I was like, ew. Um, unfortunately for Colt, and maybe we need to get a, a, a dental sponsor for uh, – for the show and injuries like this happen, but uh, I think he broke a tooth, like in half. I, they, there was some serious dental um, rearrangement observation going on there, and he ended up leaving. I don't even think he took his he didn't even take his his ribbon. He went to an emergency dentist to to, to get some repair work done. So that I don't know what happened there. Console match. Yes. Oh. Hmm. yes. So in the top half, it's Brandenburg versus Funk, uh, Davis versus Unger. Uh, so that, that puts uh, Funk and Davis up in the same half, the bracket up there. Uh, they wrestled in the dual meet. And then down the bottom half uh, in that uh, Cabe Stebbins from Delta, very tough 52-punter. He and Davis did not wrestle in that dual meet as they bumped Davis to 60 for that match. We've seen good things from Stebbins all year. And I'll also tell you, do not overlook Reed Brandenburg from Winchester. That is a very tough matchup between he and Caden Funk. And whoever emerges out of that, unfortunately gets the grand prize of wrestling Gavin Davis, who I would say is the favorite at 152. But we've seen, we've seen two different winners um, between Whitcamp and Funk over the last two weeks, and you throw in four more guys from another sectional, and uh, you, never, you never know what's going to happen. We kind of glazed over the 60-pound match with uh, Silas Losi, who was the champion at uh, uh, Jay County. And uh, then uh, in the uh, other half of that bracket, you're going to have uh, – Walker versus Clay, and then Waters versus Loshi in that. Bottom half, it's Levi Abbott and Cash and Reynolds. We talked about that match. And uh, uh, Reason Davenport from Daleville and uh, Landon Blows Mauer, uh, Mills Blowers in the bottom half of that bracket. Don't forget, Max Walker was up 7-1 to one on Silas before Silas somehow pins him in like 12 seconds to start the third period. So, I mean, Walker, you, you've seen him. He's ripped. Yeah. He's, a, he's a big, strong kid who's probably cutting a, a decent amount of weight, very strong. And, um, you know, but once again, I mean, look at that match. Garrett Clay, Delta. He's been in Delta's varsity lineup, I think, for four years. Walker has also been in Norwell's varsity. Those two seniors, one of them is going to be done at 9.45 a.m. on Saturday. And the other one's going to go all the way to semi-state and wrestle an entire another week. And it's going to come down to six minutes. Those are the kind of matchups that you have to be able to appreciate when you go to Jay County on Saturday. So we go to 170 on the top half of the bracket. It's uh, Braxton Russell versus Matt Heiser. Russell and uh, Duke Myers did not wrestle in the uh, dual meet, and Duke was upset. He, Duke said that was a match that he really wanted. 
Myers on the bottom half with uh, Winchester's Colton Holder, um, Wagner and Benning in that bracket with Duke, and then you got Kahn and uh, Ulm. But uh, I think the two guys that are going to be in the finals are most likely going to be Russell and Duke Myers. Yeah, we saw great things from Braxton Russell last year, of course, from Delta and with so many of their guys. Um, you know, he's a state qualifier, and, and, and we talked a little bit about with Sean Paul earlier in the program about how success breeds confidence and confidence breeds success. Once you've had that taste of being at state, not only do you want to go to state again, but you don't want to be the guy who qualified and then couldn't get back. Yeah. And there's a lot of pride on the line, um, and so I would expect good things from Russell too. Or you don't want to be the guy that takes runner-up and doesn't get back. <laughs> I didn't say that, Rex. <laughs> uh, Hunter Page at the top half of that bracket at 182. Uh, 32-0, and 0. we've seen Hunter Page wrestling for four years, and his name has been up there, and he's been one of those uh, top of the guys at the top of the bracket. And then in the bottom half, it's Somerset who comes out as the champion. But uh, I, don't, I don't think you look past any of those guys. McCabe from, from, uh, from Norwell was in all those matches. Wank was in his matches. And uh, th- those guys, uh, I think that's going to be a pretty tough bracket at 182. And we go to 195, and the judge's ears perk up as we talk about Henry. And I, I texted the judge uh, – late that Saturday night and said, I, you know, I think Henry wrestled two really smart matches. And I, I don't think he tried to over-wrestle. I think he just wrestled to do what he needed to do. And, and he let guys like uh, 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 Trevor Curry make mistakes in that match. And, uh, and I think Henry just outlasted him. And, uh, you know, we've seen that match very close. But uh, Curry just three losses. Henry on the bottom with seven losses. And Henry's going to be wrestling a young man from Westdale. He's in the same half of the bracket with Tyler Luther. And uh, Tinsman from Rose Central with just five losses. And the top half of that is going to be Gabe Hardy with four losses from Muncie Central. And uh, Flores from Jay County. And then you got Sprague from Delta versus uh, Trevor Curry. So uh, the top half of the bracket is going to be a good match, I think, maybe in the semis between uh, Hartley and Curry in the top half. Yeah, and I mean, all you got to do is look at what happened at 195 at sectional to realize that if you're trying to, to, to project things based on the rankings – you look at uh, Koltukian from Concord. He gets beat. Um, he was ranked top 10, I believe. He gets beat by Schubert from, from Elkhart. Obviously, Trevor Curry was ranked higher than Henry from, from the previous match of the year. Henry beats him. So you, you've got to look at, at all of those matches. And um, at 195, definitely one of, the, one of the tougher ones. At 220 on the top half, it's Jackson New from Yorktown versus Alan Ortiz from Jay County. And then you got Tooney versus Bloom. Bloom uh, in the finals, uh, the, the Battle of the Keegans, I, I'm just going to be very honest. I didn't think it was much of a match. I think Keegan Martin well, just out-wrestled it's Keegan a, Bloom. It's a good reminder that Keegan Bloom, I don't know if he weighed in over 200. I remember seeing a weigh-in sheet way back in December, and Keegan was maybe at 197, 198. Um, that's a lot of weight to give up against a kid that's you know got 40 wins, and the one one loss came when he was – suffering from the flu at, at, at Mishawaka. Yeah, so I, I think uh, bottom half of that bracket is uh, definitely Keegan Martins to win in the top half of the bracket. Uh, they're going to battle it out at 220. And then heavyweight, a uh, couple of another uh, Muncie Central brings in their undefeated heavyweight and Titus Waters. He's on top half of the bracket. His first round match is going to be against Peyton Long that we spoke about earlier from Southern Wells. And then you got Thornburg and uh, Zach Worm. Zach Worm with the, uh, probably the favorite there. Uh, Isaac Moss of, of Delta versus Hudson Kahn. Kahn looked very good on Saturday. And then you got uh, Hopkins of Yorktown versus uh, 
the big guy, Juan Cruz, with just one loss. And I tell you what, every time, every week I see Cruz, he's just bigger and stronger. He, he picked up Zach Worm and just deposited him on his back on Saturday. Now, don't talk bad about Brant Thornburg because we want some of those muffins on Saturday. <laughs> um, you know, Titus Waters, he's already wrestled Cruz. He beat Cruz 10-6. Uh, you're right, though. You look at Cruz and the dimensions of, you know, his chest. He looks about this deep. My and, adjective is thick. Yeah, he, <laughs> he certainly is. And you're right. Zach Worm had two great matches to reach the finals, and then it, it looked like they weren't even playing the same sport. Cruz was just that much better. But, you know, sometimes with those heavyweights, you adjust your game plan. You play things a little bit differently. You try to outlast him, and uh, it, it, it can go differently but that's that's going to be a fun heavyweight class i think once we get through there i think the the first round matchups seem to play out well but you get to the semifinals it's going to be it's going to be a good one you know and like i said uh, cruz with a 44 second fall over uh worm in the finals and like i said worm had been wrestling really well during the day and uh, those guys have just been going at it and it's hard to beat a guy the fourth time yeah and then you start to look down the road at the semi-state, and Waters is ranked number one, or he's the highest ranked in the state rankings at undefeated. But you've also got Braden Jellison, who beat Waters last year in the ticket round. And Jellison is a returning state placer. He got sixth last year as a junior at heavyweight. Um, and then you throw in a guy like Cruz and, um, you know, Worm, and a couple other guys, uh, Peru's got a pretty good heavyweight. That's a, that's a fun weight class. And, of course, that's one where if you're looking at the semi-state draws, obviously you're looking at, okay, if Cruz comes through or um, if Waters wins, that leaves Cruz and Worm, two of the five guys who are, are, are ranked up there. That means they're going to be thrown in with the chance of drawing Jellison in the ticket round. And then, you know, who wins those matchups? And, and those are all the fun things that we look forward to talking about next week on our show on Sunday. You know, looking on that top half, that uh, bracket for the rankings for the heavyweight, you know, they got Waters in there ranked at seventh and Jellison at eight. Those guys are big. These are some of the biggest athletic heavyweights I've seen in a lot of years. And uh, how they stack up with last year's uh, state champion, Braden Beck, it's like, you know, our, our, I think they're a lot bigger than he was last year, and bigger and stronger. You know, we, we saw Waters when Muncie Central came to uh, Belmont, and he's, he just towered over Giovanni. So it's going to be a fun day on Saturday, 8.30, Jay County Standard Time. Don't miss it. If you're not going to be there, tune in. It's uh, definitely going to be going to be worth your time. Rex, before we sign off tonight, I mean, I think we got to talk a little bit more about what Robert said. I'm still – he said, or that following Monday. He, he just threw some teasers out there for us tonight. And I'm trying to imagine what that looks like. He's sitting at his house right now. Listen to us. He's got this big smile. He's got this big smile. He's got this big smile because he could just be toying with us. Um, he, did, he did mention some of the reasons. A lot of people questioning, you know, why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing that? Um, Lucas Oil is not available. Yep. Um, Gainbridge is not available. Alternate weekends. I heard people talking about Mackey Arena no, and Mackey Arena's the, out. These are college these are college campuses where they have basketball games scheduled out with T V contracts years in advance. Um, it's not gonna work. 
Uh, I, I've heard a lot of Fort Wayne people talk in the last few days that they are discussing uh, that the Comets were in the way and the Comets were willing to move their games. Um, I think it's bigger, deeper than that. I, he kind of laughed at my – I think he was – I don't know if he, if he laughed at it. but He didn't even consider Evansville. Well, but he when I said, you know, a lot of people from here look at it as – a destination in a weekend. He kind of laughed at that, like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Then I think that that's probably a good point to make to him, like, hey, this is this is a big weekend for people to see friends and to spend money and to save money and to, like, th- th- it, there's a lot of things to take in co- into consideration you, here. You, you know, it's like one of those things, what happens in India to state finals stays in India to state finals. It's like going to Vegas kind of thing, you know. <laughs> I, I'm the most boring person down there. I go down there and have a Mountain Dew before I go to sleep at night, and that's about it. He's not lying. He's not lying. Denny Hayes got some good stories there from 87. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, he also mentioned that um, girls' state finals, great problem to have, that it's outgrowing its facilities. He talked um, with, with, with great words about what's been happening and um, just to elaborate yeah. on that, I think the numbers that Gary Myers threw out were last year 364, this year 850 plus. So you add 500 girls to a sport in a season, I, I think it just goes nowhere but up from there. He did mention that we are not more than two years down the road from the girls coming alongside the boys. So the way I read that, and I'll have to go back and listen to it, that means next year and the year after, and then. We're, we're, we're full-blown. So I, I think we're going to pull it in. I think maybe next year to set things up and then go full-blown next year, the year after that. So I'm thinking in the second year, I mean, that's what we're going to push him for. So we're going to tell him that uh, this is what you got to do, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is what you need to do. Now, he uh, also gave us a, um, a, a big shout-out for our show at the state finals, and I'm trying to compare my notes to what the IHSAA website says. The IHSAA website says that Friday morning, Friday afternoon technically, gates open at 12.30. The Parade of Champions begins at 1.30. Wrestling begins at 2. And so I think that makes sense that um, as the crowd builds, that our show is at noon, and we go for an hour, and then we move our stuff and then we are set up and ready to go for the Parade of Champions. I think we, got, we have to go earlier than that because it takes us longer to break down. So I think we need to have more gap in between when we stop showing the uh, early before we get set up. Or else I have Tom, two. What's that? The Tom Petty song is rolling through my head. Yeah. Now break down. And, yeah. No, that doesn't work. No. Maybe we'll make AJ our pack mule. You, you've, you've seen me break it down and hustle down there. Cause, uh, well, it's not down anymore. It's up. Well, we were up. Now we got to go down. So. That's true. We'll but, see uh, what perch they give us. The the location, if if we get to the spot where we've had been in the past, is a phenomenal place to watch from. Uh, in, in years past, before they changed the, the venue, we were on Media Row, and it was hard to get in and out of Media Row, and there was people in front of you. And, and Rod Williams is always standing in your way. Yeah. And, uh, and you had the fans right on the right on your back, and then you got some crowd noise, and you got always got to be careful about get uh, random crowd noise in there. But, you had uh, the giant. Yeah. You remember the giant? Yeah. From Ben Davis? Yeah. That was right behind you? The, oh, gosh, that's probably been eight, nine years ago. <laughs> but uh, uh, Never forget that guy. We're up in a space where the uh, 
Pacers broadcasters broadcast from on a platform up there. It's a it's a great place. It's uh, not too high, not too low. You get a good view, a good angle, and it's it's an optimal place for us to be. Uh, speaking of the Pacers, Mark Boyle just called his three thousandth Pacers game. You got a tab? You got you keep a book of. How many dual meets you've done? I, I, I like listen to Mark Boyle. I mean, You're not I, like Ed Thurman. Ed Thurman knows he's done 3,674. You know, I, I would I would almost rather turn on a radio and listen to, to Mark Boyle cover the game than to watch the it. The only thing I don't like about Mark Boyle is his ridiculous statistical analysis at the end for ACSN. <laughs> oh, the Pacers had 17 eligible, 14 played. Each one had one minute. Three had shoes untied. You know, just things like that. I want to get to the. Let's keep going to the. You know, if the, if we did our wrestle matches like that, it's like we had twenty-two first uh, takedowns attempted, three successful, three three half Nelsons applied, and you know, I I, I said something to the, the boss about the guys when they do the the wrap up for basketball game, and I think some of our basketball game guys do a little too much rap. Here's the score. Here's the right. high point score. Oh, I like when he gives the injury updates. <laughs> yeah, he's got a he's got a he's got a tweak knee. He's down in the G League. He goes through all of, I mean, it goes, it's everybody. One thing about Mark, he wears the Pacers on his sleeve, and if they're playing bad, he will chew them just like he's a coach, and it's like, we need to be better than that. And it's, just, but, it's a lot of fun. Those are the fun things that you get when you listen to WZBD, that's for, that's for sure. And when wrestling season's over, Dane, I know there's, there's life after wrestling. Cubs baseball just around the corner. It is, and the Cubs are making transactions and are looking to be – I would say more competitive this year than they were last year. Of course, last year we dealt with the, the work stoppage, the lockout at the beginning of the year. And um, we're, we're talking – I'll pull it up here. Dude, I give you the perfect segue for any of those people already, out there that would like to advertise on the Cubs game. Please contact Dane Filling. That's right. If you do have a small business that would be interested in reaching our, our large signal area in the Fort Wayne uh, broadcast area – you know, we're only Cubs spring training games. We have two games this year. We'll be doing the games on March 27th and March 28th. We're that close. The Cubs have 30-second spots and, and even some 15-second spots if you if you uh, are on a budget and just want to get your name out there. But um, that's certainly coming down the road. And uh, this year, more than the last two years, our spring schedule is sort of integrated in with the Cubs broadcast schedule, and uh, we're going to be missing less games. Of course, we've got IndyCar that will be starting here in just a few months, and uh, I'm really excited because I'm headed to at least two, if not three, IndyCar races this year. My good friend sitting over there with my sh- my face on his shirt. Uh, it's going to be a good time. And uh, also we're looking at a uh, pretty solid baseball softball season in the spring. We are, and how can you not be excited about the baseball and softball season that we have. With some of the guys that we have coming back, uh, you've got Warner, you've got Christner, you've got Eli Laurent, you've got guys who have already signed for college baseball. You've got Macy and Peyton Priest. You've got uh, Baker from Belmont. Um, you've got all of these girls who um, uh, were, had really good seasons last year, hit um, for high averages and, and strikeouts and just a lot of fun. No heritage realized this year, unfortunately, but... Well, we got, uh, as I always say, it, the leader in sports in Adams County, and you have to prove me wrong. It's up to somebody else to prove me wrong. I, I, I agree with you. Uh, any last-second uh, comments? Any last-second shout-outs? I'll give a shout-out, and I, he usually listens. But, you know, at the very beginning of the year, I talked a little bit about 
what I enjoy most about a wrestling season. And, you know, a lot of people may laugh at me, but I really enjoyed watching Bryce Rickard wrestle this year. From the standpoint of, here's a kid who was always varsity as a middle schooler because he was small. And then he decided not to wrestle, and he left the team, and he played basketball. And for a lot of kids, that's where the story ends. But instead, he chose to come back, and he wrestled as a sophomore, and he didn't have much success. And he wrestled as a junior last year, and he had success, and then he lost his spot. And then most of his classmates quit. I mean, Henry had a spot, and he kept his spot, and he had a success, and so it was obvious that he was going to come back. And then, you know, Austin joined, but it was down to the three of them. They were the only seniors on the team, and Bryce won a spot. He came back. He lost it. Um, he got beat out by a sophomore, but like he always kept coming. And there was a couple days, I think, where he came really, really close to saying, I'm done with this, but he didn't. And he kept coming back, and he was a teammate. Um, you know, he cried when, when, when Timo lost. He was upset, but at the same time, like he didn't let it affect him. He wrestled great on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That Daniels kid from Union City was good. He got pinned by him. So what? Bryce comes all the way back and advances and is going to wrestle at regional. There's no reason that a kid who couldn't make Belmont's varsity lineup in December should be going to regional. Yep. And, and, and he came through, and, and he made his dad proud. He made B.J. Froke proud and uh, learned a lot of lessons. And, you know, if all we ever do is celebrate the kids who make it to state and place at state, we're, we're missing out on the kids. Miles Carr, how on earth did Miles Carr – win 27 or 28 matches this year, beat Ethan Curtis and finish third place at sectional. I don't understand it. I even told him that. He probably was offended that I said that to him. But I said, I, I, you just wrestled so well today. And he said about two words to me after I asked him six questions. <laughs> and Logan Allman almost split a gut laughing at him. But, you know, those are cool stories that sometimes I don't think we focus on enough. Um, you weren't there at Team State, but uh, Miles Carr wrestled. And I texted um, the Cascade coach, Quinn Harris. I said, remember that kid that you couldn't pin at Team State and you just aggravated you because you knew you were better than him, but you couldn't beat him? So that kid beat our uh, the Belmont kid with 25 wins and, and finished third at sectional. He said, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> that kid, yeah, that kid worked really, really hard, and Tony put a lot of time into him, and he – absolutely deserves the credit that he got for this weekend. Now, as we look at team scores for regional coming up, Jay County is, is a favorite, but I'll tell you what, there's a lot more players coming in that are going to make that interesting. I don't think Jay County is going to walk through this uh, regional like they walk through sectional no, you, because you, there's too many studs from Delta coming in. You know, you got Bollinger who's undefeated. You got a couple of other guys undefeated. Uh, uh, Hunter Page coming in from Monroe Central undefeated. It's like, there's there's some good guys coming in from that uh, Delta sectional. There's there's no fifth and sixth place. Yeah. So everybody who loses in the first round scores nothing, and that's a big difference from what it was this past Saturday. Those other guys that didn't finish top four, or that lost in the first round but then came back to get third and fourth, they don't get to do that this week. You lose the first round, you're done, and all of a sudden those numbers, those thirteens and twelves and elevens, they get down to seven and six real quick. And I think if you really look at it, you look at Adam Central, you look at Belmont, they walk out of their, out to their cars to get lunch, Belmont and AC fans, 
and they've got seven guys left, they ought to be awfully thankful yeah. that they still got seven guys left because that's how tough it's going to be on Saturday. Well, you talk about those wrestleback points. If it wasn't for the wrestleback points, Belmont would have not been anywhere close to Jay County, and they would have not come back and, rest and beat Adam Central for second place. Not that second place is worth dry, riding, the, riding the fire truck home in on for second place at sectional, but uh, Adam Central did not wrestle very well in those wrestle backgrounds, and, and Belmont come back and wrestled very well and passed them about halfway through that console round and come back, and uh, they were, had a respectable second. Well, it certainly speaks to the attitude going forward and the way you ride back on the bus. <laughs> Belmont goes 4-0 in the finals. Adam Central goes 0 and 6. That that's a tough thing that you got to Tony had to come to practice today and say, "Look, we got to put Saturday behind us. We got to take the draws that we have and we have to win. We have to show up at 8:30 in the morning and be ready to go." Yeah. But uh as always, it's going to be interesting and we got we got two more weeks of uh leading up to the state finals and uh I still don't have an answer on that Thursday night thing, so let me know. Yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll find out here. It could, I don't know, I, I, I need somebody to babysit my dog. So it could be an early Friday. <laughs> well, hey, we got a new sponsor on Saturday who can babysit your dog. There you go. Um, I was pushing the, the uh, commission on uh, when we're going to start to get an idea of, you know, if you don't spend Thursday night down there, how early do you have to be there? And I, I think uh, that's respectable. I mean, that, that's very doable. Well, I liked what he said. The break that they've had in between sessions on Fridays has just been too long. Yeah. The, he's right. Some people went back and took a nap. If we if we had time, we don't need naps in between. We need to get the wrestling over with, and then and you know, the state tournament benefits Indianapolis. Yeah. There's ten thousand people there. Seven thousand of them are spending the night, eating out, drinking, all through the night, coming back, doing the same thing on Saturday. Like don't don't stretch it out so that people can't do that. If you have a long enough break that we can break our equipment down. Go back to Jen and Dane's hotel room, set up, have a broadcast, breakdown, come back. Revolving and door. Still have multiple hours to set up and get ready for that That's second round. Much. It was too much. And, and Robert told us that last year. He knew that that was not going to stay. He, he didn't like it, but they were, they were scared of the COVID thing. And I, I think COVID is done. We're going to stick a fork in it. It's over. We're going to get down there and just uh, run this thing through and, and get everybody in the stadium. I think the most important thing, and they understood, that you need every boy on that team to walk the walk of champions with his teammates. And the fact that they didn't do that, they caught so much flack for it, they, they knew that that could not stay. They had to fix that. Yeah, my last thought of the broadcast before we call it quits here tonight, uh, my wife and I were talking about this on the, on the way over here. If you try to apply the logic for moving the state finals and picking a venue – and you try to apply a logic of any other sport in Indiana to the wrestling state finals, you're missing the point. You and I have broadcast and I have attended nearly every state finals of every sport that Indiana has. None of it is like wrestling. Nothing. It, we have been to volleyball. Night and day. Volleyball fans show up for their team. They leave when it's over. You go to basketball. They clear out the section after one team leaves. And the next team comes in. Sure, there's a couple Lou Konings out there who attend. None of it. If if nobody from Adams County makes it this week, are you going to be there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If nobody from Adams County makes it, you think Bruce Timmy's going to be there? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, we saw Bill Schultz come down and he go there, and a former Belmont State champion came down. He's he has never had a kid 
wrestle in the finals or, or associated with it, but he brought his family down, his daughter and son-in-law, uh, Brad Bussey, that, you know, they come down, and they, they're fighting for tickets on Friday night to beat what Saturday night, just like everybody else. And you saw a lot of Belmont fans that historically have went and watched the state finals, whether we had anybody qualify or not. Yeah, it went through seven or eight years there. We didn't have any medalists. Yeah. And yeah. all of those people still bought their tickets for Saturday. So I think that's something that he needs to, to realize is that this isn't just for those 224 kids. This is that guy from Portage that he men- mentioned that's been coming for 57 straight years. Yeah. It's Bruce Teamy, It's Mary Free. It's everybody else that need this to be a weekend event that's, that's worthy of the state finals. Now, a couple of commissioners before Robert – there was a guy that came in, and he happened to be a basketball guy, and that's back when he had the semi-state officials would go to Indianapolis and hear the rules interpretations like that. And I'm sitting there, and a guy walks in. He's the brand-new commissioner. He walks in, and he says, boys, we're going to run wrestling just like basketball. And everybody's jaws drop. They're like, oh, my goodness. And thank goodness uh, he wasn't in there very long, and Bobby Cox came in. And you have to understand, wrestling is not like any other sport. And you better treat it different or the wrestling fans will let you know because wrestling fans are twisted a little bit tight and they're, they're not to be messed with. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, I've been to the state finals in just about every sport. I have, I have missed the cross-country state finals and I've never been to a tennis state finals, but I've been to everything else in my lifetime. It, you, you, you don't want to compare wrestling to, to anything else. With that, I'd like to thank Steve Rouse for hanging out with us. And uh, as always, this uh, podcast will be up in probably tomorrow afternoon or, the, or early the next day uh, as Dave Nathan always does a good job to get that up, and it'll get off to Joe, and Joe will get it up on com as well. So with that, sign off for another episode of Hagger Hershey's Hell High School Wrestling Weekly.